the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me. We 511 days. 511 days. If you had to um, put a price tag on the kind of Trump campaign advertising he's getting as people are becoming more and more disgusted with the incompetent propagandists pretending themselves to be media. And I don't just mean WGN. Paul Lisnick, that Svengooly-looking moron that he is. We'll get to him in a minute. You would think, I, I would think it's worth a billion dollars. One billion dollars. Because in a 24-hour loop, it's still the same bull dung. Still, and the paperwork. And, and nobody, nobody talks about the Presidential Records Act. He could do whatever the freck he wants. He is the entire executive branch. What are you, what are you, what are you missing? What are you missing? Every president in history can do what they want with the paperwork. You understand? Joe Biden, never a president. The Duchess of Chaffington, the slob, the uh, uh, Rose Law Firm paper shredder that she is, never a president. And they're out rallying support. I mean, I'm getting sick and tired of pretending these Democrats are anything other than what they are. Either corrupt or absolute morons. So I think that actually President Biden is uh, in a very strong position. Uh Here's a little note. Average, real average weekly earnings fall for the 26th straight month. That's, that's exactly how long this idiot's been pretending to be the president after he stole the election. 26 months. The real average weekly earnings. Now, listen, if you're an oligarch, by the way, Obama just got caught using his uh, his loophole that he ran against. That he said Mitt Romney was doing the carried interest on profits like his NBA deal. Yeah, he packed 70 million into that. He don't pay taxes on it like Bernie Sanders, multimillionaire communist bastard that he is. In the meantime, the real average weekly earnings of you people who are busting your ass, the mothers, the waitresses, the auto mechanics and everybody else. 26 straight months in the turlet. That's what it's like when you have these Democrat roaches. That's why their big scheme, whether it's Lori Lightfoot, uh, man size, what's his name, Brandon Johnson, or the rest of it, we've got to go to, through reparations or money for nothing. Because the reality is that's how they keep people complacent. That's how they keep 
everybody on board. As it relates to reparations, I, I saw just moments ago uh, 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 Corey Bush's uh, resolution. We haven't reviewed the proposal yet. It's a new proposal, so we'll take a look at it. So I can't comment on that specifically. But the president has been really clear when it re- as it relates to uh, uh, reparation. He wants to see a study of reparations and, that, and studying the continuing impacts of slavery. He believes that is incredibly important. Well, why don't we start with Africa, where they still practice it, or Saudi Arabia, where we still not only fight wars for them, but they still practice slavery. Why don't we educate people on the real slaves and the real people that were the slave masters? You know, the people of all colors. I'm getting sick and tired of this reparations bulldog. Because I never owned anything I would never. And in fact, you could trace my family back to the Civil War. We fought on the blue team. So how about a thank you? Want to start there? You ungrateful bastards. In the meantime, I got to hear this because you're losing support among honest people of all color. Because what they understand is that the real average weekly earnings fall every month. Every day, this dimwit pretends to be president. We lose money. So come on. Let's rally up the morons. To honor the true meaning of Juneteenth, our entire administration is continuing to charge forward to literally redeem the soul of America. Redeem the soul of America. Juneteenth. What, what, what's the date on that? Scroll. 19th? Is it the 19th? It's Monday. This Monday. Come. Wait a minute. I celebrate Paul Lisnick Day. Don't you know about Paul Lisnick Day? What? What? Yeah. What, the, what? what is this? You, you get what, your own day. Uh, hey, what did you do? What did you do? I think it's being with you. I also have put in for both of you vacation days on that day. So June 19th. Well, what gonna, do they do? Is there a parade or something? I'm or? hoping. I'm Bozo supposed to do a little something. No, I think it's just it's just <laughs> a, just an honor sort of. A, you know, I do a lot philanthropically and all that. And, and oh, yeah. And now brag about it. You son of Svengulli looking freak like Boris Karloff and the son of Svengulli had a forest preserve baby named Paul Lisnick. And just eight months ago, it was Paul Lisnick Day, June 19th. But no, no, we have to pander. We have to pander to everybody else. So let's let's call it, uh, you know, we'll call it, uh, what is it called again? Of course, the, trying to educate the masses on some of this political yeah. stuff. So that was the city council so resolution. June 19th. Yeah, it's, uh, you're both taking the day off and All buying right. me something. Write that down. Something. Squirrel, you're taking off Paul Lisnick Day too, right? Not Juneteenth? Oh, okay, you're celebrating Paul Lisnick Day. And Joe Biden is restoring the soul of America with Paul Lisnick Day. To honor the true meaning of Juneteenth, our entire administration is continuing to charge forward to literally redeem the soul of America. Well, I think Joe Biden may win because, after all, he's got the office tramp on his side. Happy Juneteenth! Please have a seat. Please have a seat. (laughs) I can't wait till she's president. She's just sitting there laughing. To my divine nine family. (laughs) Good evening, everyone. This is the president. That's the vice president. And everywhere these idiots rule, it's absolute and total chaos. It's... It's scary. According to Chicago police crime data for 2022, when you look at all the offenses, count all the victims, black women are the most at risk. Hey, but don't they know there's Juneteenth coming up? Come on, you'll be all right. Just take the losing, take the failing, take the corruption. You guys are going to be fine. It's Juneteenth. Tennessee is not fair. Unfair because that 67,000 means 25% of crime victims are black women. 
but they make up only 16% of Chicago's population. And when the CBS2 investigators kept digging, we discovered even more disturbing data. Black women represented more than a third of kidnappings, 35% of assaults, 38% of batteries attacked and in- You think we need more police? How about some more investigators? I think we need stronger prison time. 40% of rape victims. And let this sink in. Black women are 52% of human trafficking victims. Remember, they're only 16% of the population. And they turn to the Democrats and continue to vote for these idiots who destroy once great cities. And they pretend that they're helping you because they give you money for nothing like Brandon Johnson or reparations like the only president we've ever had. No, that's wrong. Barack Obama eulogized Robert Byrd. But the only one we ever had who hung around with him and had lunch with him every day, and he's Joe Robinette. What is that noise coming from my shoes? We've got to keep it up. We've got to double down right now. It's only going to get harder from here. But it's closer. But it's going to get harder. You're almost there. We'll get there in five years. You're going to not be able to drive cars. You won't have any natural gas stoves. Your money, it'll be basically toilet paper like the Venezuelans. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to love it. And in the meantime, even even people of all colors are starting to kind of catch on to this idiot, this failure, this fraud, this asset of enemies foreign and domestic. So a new poll that was conducted over the weekend by CNBC and Morning Consult showed nearly 6 in 10 feel the current economic situation is impacting their finances with middle-income consumers feeling it the most. And nearly every... Now, just in case there's a CPS student who can't read, 6 in 10 is 60%. Uh, but it's even worse than that when they really ask the question about what do you think the future is going to be under this imbecile with dementia? Everyone, 92% say they've been cutting back in some capacity. Inflation is weighing heavy on spending. Almost three quarters of consumers feel prices for essential items like grocery and gas are higher than they were six months ago. I found out what this is, Squirrel. You know what this is? This is that equity stuff. Oh, yeah. If you thought socialism was expensive, wait till you get the price tag for equity. What's equity? That means everybody's poor, except the oligarchs. And I think because of the president's action, he's been very clear. He's been very clear how important it is, even just looking at the, his economic policy, how important it is to leave no one behind, have equity at the center of everything that he's done. If you look at every piece of historic uh, piece of legislation that has passed, that he has signed, it has equity at the center of that. And that's because the president has that in mind right to make sure that we have equality to make sure that we leave no one behind that would be offensive if she was qualified for the job but she's an affirmative action hire they're never really quite that that bright in the meantime who's going to support joe biden well it's always the people on welfare now when you when i say that squirrel you don't think i just mean the people who get their rent paid and their food and their walking around money i'm talking about that corporate welfare see you're the real scallywags the real scoundrels i'm talking about you you labor mafia guys to go back to the Philly event on Saturday, the president's attending a political rally hosted by union members, um, and we're told it's not a Biden campaign event. Should we expect... This is funny. See, because, Squirrel, the president isn't uh, supposed to be able to use his position from office to run. They're supposed to be two separate things. But everybody knows when a Democrat's involved in any office, whether it's your lowly municipal mayor all the way up to the president of the White House, they don't follow any of the fracking rules because they're thieves. They're crooks. They're scallywags. The 
president to take part in more of these things called political rallies over the next couple of months? And, and what's this going to look like on Saturday? Don't have, just don't have anything to share uh, on, on that. It is a political rally, so I would refer you to the DNC. Um, so not going to speak to it from here. Um, I'm just, just going to be very careful and not speak to it. And not about this one, but will he do events like this that are not... I mean, the White House advertised this event uh, in a release, but other entities hosting a rally that could look like a campaign event that the president goes to. Will we see him doing this? I don't have anything to share on his schedule at this time. I, I just don't. All you got to do, Squirrel, steal one night. One night of organized crime and thievery. And really misappropriate, misuse the power in these Democrat sewers. They're all the same. By the way, I got a little update. California, there was a little bit of a problem. A new scandal at L.A. City Hall tonight. Councilman Curran Price facing several charges accused of embezzlement and perjury. Let's get to KCAL News political reporter Tom Waite in the newsroom with the latest. Tom. Hey, good evening to you, Jeff and Susie. Well, the L.A. County DA's office tells us Price was charged with 10 counts of embezzlement, perjury and conflict of interest. Specifically, the DA's office says Price was charged for having a financial interest in projects that he voted on and having the city pay for medical benefits for his now wife while he was still married to another woman and <laughs> are they the best you filthy animals and then there's the the real shame the biden family you remember ashley biden don't you squirrel she's the one in her diary that was apparently stolen she's the one who talked about how her father the sniffer referred to as joe biden liked to take showers with her well she was cutting on a lot of the stealing, so she's changed her tune a little bit. My dad, Joe Biden, made Juneteenth officially a federal holiday. Yeah, but what about the showering with you when you were a kid? My dad has instilled in me a deep commitment to serving and honoring our history and making material changes to the lives of African Americans. Can you get the loofah? I know you dropped it. Just get it. Through his courage, he leads, bringing jobs, justice, and healing to communities all across the country. Yeah, but 26 months in a row, the average earnings of all Americans is down. Should we pretend that's good? Well, I guess you pretend showering with your old man is normal. Not me! I can't wait for Monday to roll around. Paul Lisnick Day. What? What? Yeah. What, the, what? what is this? You, you get what, your own day. Uh, hey, what did you 19th. do? What did you do? <laughs> I think it's being with you. I also put in for both of you vacation you. days on that day. So June 19th. Well, what gonna, do they do? Is there a parade or something? I'm or? hoping. I'm bozo supposed to do a little something. No, I think it's just it's just <laughs> a, just an honor sort of. A, you know, I do a lot philanthropically and all that. He's a philanthropist. Three one two six four two fifty six hundred. Make money, smoke cigars, and live free on the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. The amount of stupidity, the fallouts being ignored for the most part. There is a uh, California politician. Who I think you need to hear. His name is Wilk. I'm now in year 11 in the state legislature. Steve Wilk. I'm now in year 11 in the state legislature, and all the time we're proposing policies to protect children. After 11 years, I've come to a conclusion that we need to start protecting parents. 
That is just not happening. I've been here and witnessed a, a full frontal assault on charter schools, taking away parents' choice and how their children are going to be educated to the detriment, particularly of children of color. In recent years, we have put government bureaucrats between parents, children, and doctors when it comes to medical care. And now we have this, where if a parent does not support the ideology of the government, they're going to be taken away from the home. Now, I agree with both Senator Weiner and Senator Laird that today it only involves divorce proceedings. And frankly, a judge can already factor, factor this in. But I can assure you it's not going to end with divorce proceedings. In the past, when we've had these discussions, and I've seen parental rights atrophied, I've encouraged people to keep fighting. I've changed my mind on that. If you love your children, you need to flee California. You need to flee. We are moving towards the pathway of the hands made tale. California is becoming the new Juliet, and it just breaks my heart. I'm born and raised in this state. I love this state. I'm not going to stay in this state because... It's just too oppressive, and I believe in freedom, and so I'm going to move to America when I leave the legislature. That's kind of important, but that's the truth. So as you look at these failed Democrat hellholes, and you look at this idiot pretending to be president, and you hear the lie after lie, and you go through the fascism, you have a decision to make. You have a decision to make. And that is, are we going to pretend there's an election? There isn't an election in 2024. Donald Trump won the election in 2020. And here he sits, a victim of persecution, not prosecution. And by hook or crook, they're going to get him. Because the sham indictment put forward by the Biden administration included staged photographs of boxes at Mar-a-Lago, many people have asked me why I had these boxes. Why did you want them? The answer, in addition to having every right under the Presidential Records Act, is that these boxes were containing all types of personal belongings. Many Over. Case over. Fold it up and get the Duchess of Chaffington on the case. Uh, to run a campaign that doesn't have to talk about him. But I think other Democrats should and other you know, concerned Americans should be asking hard questions. Instead of a presidential vote. Let's just have a separation vote. You know, it's amazing the technology we have. Not only can you trade trillions of dollars in milliseconds and no one loses a dollar, we can register ourselves as either part of the Democrat mafia or not and let the Democrats finance all their giveaways, all their corruption, all their corporate welfare, all their ghetto welfare. Go your own way. We're starting to move anyway. We don't want to live among you people. I mean, after all, it's chaos. Lunacy. A 23-year-old man is charged with possessing several guns while trafficking fentanyl in the suburbs. Omari Andrews Jr. allegedly distributed fentanyl and heroin in Westmont Villa Park, displays in Hillside. The indictment says law enforcement also found distribution quantities of cocaine, marijuana, and four guns in his home. On parole, let out by a Democrat po- prosecutor. You could keep those scallywags as well, those failures, those bust-outs. Uh, Dan in Green Oaks. Hi, Sean. Hey, I just wanted to correct something that Green Jean-Pierre said in, in that clip. All right. He said that the president is committed that to no Americans are left behind. But what she meant to say was no Americans except those in Afghanistan. Those, those can be left behind. Yeah, left behind all over the Middle East. They're left behind all over Central and South. They're left behind wherever this idiot 
you know, people that, that still pretend he's the president. And can you imagine that you have 26 straight months of the wages of Americans go down and they're still pretending that this guy's qualified to do anything other than soil pants? Thank you very much, Dan and Green Oaks. Linda, Arlington Heights. Hey, Sean, I love your show. Um, I've been noticing these big, huge, white warehouses with rectangular windows up pretty high popping up all over. There's one in Arlington Heights off of 53 behind the Lexus dealership. There's oh. one in a farm uh, field behind a strip mall in South Barrington. Are they going to put people in there and gas them? Is that they're, not putting, they're, not putting, they're not putting us in there. Are you kidding me? What do you think we're going to get on the? I'm not. We're not. No. Now, what that is is infrastructure. See, those are pretend construction companies who have money for nothing, and they throw up all these businesses, and no one asks the question: What about pick a street, pick a main thoroughfare on Dundee? How many vacant stores are there? How many vacant strip malls are there? See, this is what they create, emptiness. And then they pretend to be helping and rebuilding through infrastructure. And they pay off their fat-ass friends, who most of the time sit at Tom's Steakhouse on a Friday night and pretend to be builders. 312-642-5600. He will never negotiate his constitutional rights with the government. Live free or die on The Sean Thompson Show. I am 560. The answer. AM560. I have to tell you, I have the new head coach of the Chicago Wolves on the line. Not only is he the head coach of the Chicago Wolves, but he was somebody I used to talk to on a regular basis. Of course, back then, the phone was on the wall. His name is Bob Nardella. What's up, kid? Hi, Sean. How How are are you, brother? Good, good. How are you? Doing well. Doing well, thank you. Congratulations. This is a big get. You are now the head coach of the Chicago Wolves, correct? Yes, yes, that's true. Uh, I'm to pinch myself once in a while when I hear it, but um, it's uh, it's just an honor to, to do it, having played for the team for so long and been a part of the organization for so long. We were all proud of you, like you can imagine, when you first started playing. How many years ago was that when they first signed you? Uh, the first year I played was 1994. <laughs> is that awesome? I don't even. I think that might be the last time I talked to you on the phone. It could be. It could be. We we had a lot of good times in high school and uh, grade school. We used to walk the neighborhood. There was only two guys that even knew what ice hockey was. It was you and uh, and Kurt Cabot. You were the only two guys that uh, thought ice was something you didn't slip on. In the meantime, that's good. You were better. You were better than Curdy. He knows it. Curdy's uh, a great guy. Um, you know, to me, Virgin Garrett's the greatest athlete to ever come out of Melrose Park, in my opinion. It's bar, bar none. It's absolutely true. But you were up there, kid, and we always were proud of you. And now you, you, you play there from 94. You've always been affiliated with the organization since then. Is that right? Yeah, well, there was a few years after I retired where I was coaching my kids, and, uh, you know, I wasn't around the organization as much. I would do some appearances as a kind of an ambassador. Um, but I, I did uh, maybe, I'm going to say around 10 years, where 10, 11 years, where I was helping coach my kids and, while they were growing up playing baseball, hockey, whatever it may be. Well, this organization has been quite successful, correct? Yes, we won. Uh, when I played, we won three championships. And, and as a coach, uh, we have another one. And then there was one in 2008. So altogether, that's, that's five. And that's, uh, 
it's a pretty good amount of championship time in, in 30 years. Uh, this is the team's 30th year in existence, which will be celebrated this season, I believe. So, um, this, and, and there's, there's you know, a few times there where the team lost in the finals. I know uh, a few years ago I was I was an assistant coach and we lost in the finals. And as a player, uh, we also lost in the finals uh, one time. So, you know, we're right there. It could be, you know, seven or eight championships, you know, with a bounce here and a break there. What I always liked about the Wolves is that it was an, an option, an affordable option, for the for the working guy to bring his kids to a game. It was like that. Now you got to remember, I haven't been in a long time, but I remember that being a big plus. Not only that, you didn't have to go through uh, heroin addicts and hookers to get there. So is it still like that? <laughs> yes, it's a, it's it's family oriented, and um, you know the mascot uh, skates is is one of the top probably the top mascot in Chicago actually because um you know he makes so many appearances at schools and libraries and park districts um and then when you walk in it's just structured everything's structured towards family and the pricing is structured that way too so that that what makes it in my opinion the best value in chicago for sports now i gotta ask you how many guys from the old neighborhood call you up and say hey my kid's a hell of a hockey player you got to get him on the team how many times you get leaned on to put some guy on there you grow up with kid um, it, you know, I get just for advice, really, not not leaned on so yeah. much to get my kid there. But it's it's mostly for advice, and it's been you know the, uh, I, I you know I'm, I'm happy they call and try to help and t- help guide and, and help kids along the way. Well, you got lucky. We all had girls. Now, what was your breakdown? I know you had kids. I don't know the breakdown. Forgive me. That's all right, Trump. I have two boys. Oh, are they like little bobbies? They're fast. They're they're little grease lightning, and they'll punch you in the face if you uh, aggravate them. Are they just like you? Yeah, kind of. I guess you know. They're, uh, they're, I don't think there isn't much violence uh, now with hockey as when I was growing up, and maybe you remember. You know, when we were growing up uh, as kids, a little more mellow now. Everyone's kind of looking at their phones and. Uh, chilling out a little bit. No punching, no punching in the family. Come on, we got more violence when you weren't playing hockey than when you were playing hockey. No more? Yes, I, yes, I remember. I remember. <laughs> but so no, no, they're, they both play. They both play, and um, one's actually, uh, he's property of the Washington Capitals, and his team is still playing right now. They're in the finals for the league. We're in the American Hockey League right now. And my other one just, just finished his college career at uh, Michigan Tech, so he's trying to he's going to try to play pro hockey himself. I had somebody on the line um, who was with the, the Chicago Wolves organization. His name escapes me. And there was a function that they were having. And the nice thing about the Chicago Wolves organization, it's not just hockey. It's a very family-orientated, and there is also a religious uh, aspect to it. Is, is is that still part of the the mission there? Uh, I don't know of any religious aspect, to tell you the truth. Um, I just kind of see hockey all around. I'm not, And I'm not, you know... During games, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on. If there's groups, if there's religious groups attending the games, that's I think maybe that's what it was. There was a family night, yeah. and it was about values and and the night. But you have many of those themed games throughout the year, right? Yes, it's it's huge in attracting groups. Um, group sales are a big part of the organization, and uh, I'm pr- I'm pretty sure it's it's structured. You know, that, that certain groups for certain games or Heritage Night or whatever it may be. Um, that's that's a, probably a, a target for the, for the marketing department. 
Now, Bob, what's the season? When does it? Uh, you know, you'll have to forgive me. I haven't watched you know sports in decades. When is the when is the season? Um, the season is. Uh, we'll start October thirteenth, and I'm not sure if that's our first game or our first home game. I'm not positive on that, but I know it's October the thirteenth, and I'm pretty sure that is a Friday. So it's a it's a ways away, and um, it's uh, we have work to do until that night to get there. Well, I would say I wish you luck, but kid, you never needed luck. You're a winner. You're always a winner. And I know you're going to be a winner at this. And I can't wait to be a witness to it. I'm looking forward to the opening season. I'm going to come as much as I can when I'm in the uh, area. And really, anytime you want to come on and promote something, if uh, you know you need the kids to be thrown around a little bit, you could call some of us from the old neighborhood. We could teach them how to fight in a corner. In the meantime, you know how much I appreciate. And I'm so, you know, I say this because I know you since we're kids. I'm so proud of you. Really, I'm proud of you. So I wish you the best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. I, I appreciate it very much. And I, you know what I do? I do need to come have a cigar, I think, if you oh, still have the, the store. Come on. We'll put it on Carl Mazzoni's tab. Virgil will come in and pick up the check. We got a deal? <laughs> you, you got it. it sounds All good right. to me. Thank you. We'll be back with your calls and comments after this. I was listening to the Sean Thompson show. I'm saddened that this guy supposedly represents us. I mean, I am appalled. He's just disgusting. Sexist pig. And an absolute disgrace. Thank you. AM560, the answer. You know, it's always fun to talk to somebody you grew up with. In particular, when you grew up in an era that the country was strong, the country was proud. And when you reflect on the way in which most of us grew up compared to these kids today, you see the destruction in our society. Are you, are you nuts? Equity. Equity, your derriere. We were kids of all races, of all backgrounds, of all income levels. None of this craziness, this insanity went on. None of it. But of course, back then when we were kids, you got out of the house. You walked around. You interacted with each other. You had a problem. You worked it out. And then you were friends for the rest of your life, whether you talk or not all the time. Now, what the hell is, what is it like now? What, what exactly is it like now? Let's see. Displays of intolerance and homophobia are unacceptable. This type of intolerant rhetoric starts in the home. Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kid- how about how none of this would happen? But you get these Marxists in. And all of this chaos started, as if the world didn't exist before this dimwit and diaper started taking bribes. But it's a good distraction, right? It gets everybody all balkanized. And the next thing you know, it's normal to have a whore like this in office. Convincing us that we should be providing for loan guarantees. And I went over... So what's more important? That your kid be exposed to the idea that if he wants to, he can mutilate his genitals? Or that we have these corrupt assets of communists and oligarchs and enemies of the country pretending to be politicians. Turn everything over for something free for your kid that he doesn't need. Charles and Schomburg. Sean, good afternoon. Good afternoon, buddy. I, I, I called to make a comment on your teaser at 4 o'clock about the, uh, where the U.S. ranked in gun deaths in the world, but then you got my blood pressure up 50 points when I hear this farce of a bill and Springfield to investigate the, the unemployment scam that happened in 2020 with the COVID money. That was, yeah, that one. I fried you up with that. That was that was yesterday, wasn't it? 
Uh, I just heard it at the break. Oh, at the break. Well, yeah, I played it yesterday, of course. Yeah. You know, do you know they, they don't know how many billions are missing? They think 2.3, gone. How about when Which you had means the... it's probably twice that. Oh, well, how about when you had the Cook County, the employees of Cook County court system? Over 50 of them that stole the money. Rat bastards. Go ahead. No. Go ahead. So um, you said that the U.S. was ranked number three in gun deaths in the world. But I, my question is, what happens when you pull out the 23,000 suicide gun deaths in the U.S.? Where do we end up? Because a lot of our, which is very sad, which is very sad. Oh, it's it needs to be addressed. Well, look at it this way, Charles. If you take out just five Democrat-run hellholes, all that have it, the most extreme gun laws in the country, just remove them. I went through the list: St. Louis, Detroit, Chicago, L.A., and Philadelphia. You go from the third in violence, gun violence, specifically gun violence, down to the hundred and eighty-ninth. So what they do is they use their failure. This is the strategy. This is what you have to understand. Their failure is their strength. And when I say they, I'm talking about the Fourth Reich, the Democrat mafia. They know that they're failing. But when they fail, they get more money. Do you think that in the in the court system in uh, Collier County, Florida, do you think that the people in the court system stole, we don't know how many tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of PPP money? Of course not. Because they're decent people. But there, where Democrats are, they're not decent people. They steal elections, they steal money, they fraud policies, and they fail on purpose because it's their strength. And then they pretend to give back because the people are so helpless, they'll take anything. It's a system right. of controlled demolition and intentional failure. It's the Democrat Party way. That's their economic right. platform. And the problem is we keep pretending we can convince them when somebody's on the dole, you're never going to convince them. You think you're going to convince those failed contractors at O'Hare to be decent people and stop overcharging? No. They like it this way. It's a nice, corrupt system. And it's about time we stop getting along with it. I don't want to pretend we're a republic or a democracy. Both, both parties prove they're fascists. I think it's time to separate. Thank you very much. Charles and Schomburg, you come with me. Very, very simple. Chris in Milwaukee. Hey, Sean. You know, the trouble with uh, hanging on to talk to you is I've got like three or four more other topics I want to talk to you about. But, hey, I'm going to get to what I called on. Uh, yesterday, you interviewed that author on uh, Fort McHenry and the flag. Yes. yes. And then a woman called in and said that the uh, the British were coming in by ground and they were digging trenches. I listened to a speech five, probably ten years ago now. The harbor had an area where the large British ships could come into, you know, because of the depth of the water. And the fishermen knew where that was, local fishermen. You know what they did, these patriots in 1812? They went out there and they sunk their livelihood. They sunk their fishing boats so that the British could not come into the harbor. It was really a war of guerrilla warfare. We were the first to really do that. Yeah. And do you want to know something, Chris, that no one talks about? You know who was some of the toughest fighters, both in that and the American Indian Wars and all of it, were the original slaves called the Ulster Scots. Those were the baddest yep. son of a guns on the planet. Those are the ones where the, where the sophisticated elitists for the King of England, they said, listen, these, these savages, you, you, you have to get them, send them to go fight the Indians. And they did. And they kicked their ass. And that's also the reason they have Marcus of Queensberry rules. Did you know that? When you hear that term? No, I didn't. Oh, yeah. No. Marcus, of Queensberry, term, I didn't yeah, yeah. Marcus of Queensberry rules 
was to combat what was called at the time rough and tumble, which is the only way the Ulster Scots knew how to fight. You see, you might be punching them with the jab. They were going to chew your face off. And that's the difference. So those savages, those former slaves who sold themselves to indentured servitude and still never asked for reparations, those are the ones that won all the wars. Thank you very much, yep. Chris. It's interesting when we talk about this stuff, isn't it? 312-642-5600. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merc, he's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little Sometimes you come in and you have the perfect day. That sums up my next guest. She is the perfect guest at the perfect time. As I talk to a friend of mine I haven't seen in 25, 30 years, and you remember how you grew up, and you remember how none of what we're experiencing, and I mean none of it, would have been tolerated. Throughout my career, I have focused on the intersection between medical, mental, and behavioral health, and as your ash, I... You're not my ash. You're just a big fat ass pretending to be a woman. I'm tired of pretending this is normal. It's not normal. And then I've got deviates, miscreants, malcontents, trying to tell me you're going to tell third graders and second graders about sex. Why don't you, why don't you just go away? Crawl back under the rock you came from. It's nice to know I'm not alone. At least I don't think I am. My next guest has to go by a pseudonym because, like many of us, when you're in these communist capitals you have to hide because you don't want to face the irs and other retribution she goes by the name peachy keenan she's got a new book domestic extremist a practical guide to winning the culture war it's out now peachy how are you i'm doing great how are you sean aggravated peachy very (laughs) angry now i'm lucky i'm lucky because my kids are older and this would have never been tolerated by me or anybody i grew up with you'd be dragged behind our car like a can after a wedding in the meantime, this seems like it's going to affect my grandkids, and it seems to be stroy- destroying the lives of tens of millions of Americans right now. Yeah, and unfortunately, it feels like parents who speak up, who fight back, who try to opt their children out, who speak up at school board meetings, they are, we're seeing they're being literally called domestic terrorists. You know, Moms for Liberty is now on a hate group list because they stood up for kids. Um, parents who called Target that, you know, complain about the, like, over-the-top pride displays were literally called domestic terrorists. I mean, we're getting it from all sides. And um, But the other side, you know, they can call in bomb threats to Target. They can, they can burn Targets down, and that's just all fine, all in the day's work of being a leftist. You know, it's really, it, it, it's really as if we are. We're losing this because we're being out-manipulated, out-played. Yeah. And they have this this cloak, this phony virtue shield of what they call liberalism. When Peachy, I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm, a, I'm a liberal. You see, because I never cared. I've dealt in the real world all of my life. I never cared if some guy pretended to be a woman. Most of the Democrat women in Chicago look ridiculous to me. So you want to put a 65-year-old pot-bellied fella in the same outfit, you look equally as ridiculous. So it never mattered to me. But now here I am right. where I have to pretend Oh, you're beautiful. 
and you're dainty. Sure, you got a size 14 <laughs> stiletto on, you freak, but you look great. Right. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. So should we just not go? I mean, I never went along with it, Peachy. I make fun of everybody. It's what I do. It's how I relieve tension and pressure. Plus, I like to smile in my own head. So I've always made fun of them. Isn't that what we should be doing more and more? Because the reality is, not only do you look ridiculous, your policies are fascistic and anti-American, and you don't get to force anything on our kids. Yeah, I mean, you know, the 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 problem is that when you do when we, when people like us do fight back, we we speak up, we get in trouble, and um, you know that that keeps everyone else from from wanting to speak up. Um, they don't want to be they don't want to lose their job. They don't want to be accused. But um, the reason I wrote this book, this is this is actually one of the main reasons is to build morale and build um, moral courage because like you said we are not we are so not alone um no no parents unless you know they're <laughs> like away on the far left wants to go through this wants to deal with this anymore people are so tired of it even liberals are getting pride fatigue and so i wrote the book to remind people like you are you're not alone and we have to kind of find our allies find the neighbors that agree with you you know as a group you can opt your children out since school, better yet, you know, form your own school group. Um, yes. there's, there are ways out. Now, I keep, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I was raised by women. My mother, my grandmother, <laughs> the utmost respect. The, most, uh, the utmost respect mm -hmm. to watch these pretend women, these idiots, men dressed as women, win bicycle races, win swimming events, win sack, win whatever. Enough is enough. Where are the men saying, what are you, out of your mind? I have two daughters. You think I'm going to let a man go in the bathroom with my daughter? You better do it when she's away at school and I'm not around. And I never did that. How have we devolved into this pack of cowards where husbands and fathers and sons pretend this is normal? I think just now they had a bicycle race where a man won. He said he was a woman. He sounds like a man. He's got the, the you know, you know, the Brajal. I mean, I don't understand any of it. Can you explain it to me? <laughs> I mean, I have a hard time understanding it, too. I mean, but the thing is now what they're requiring of you, if you work at, uh, you know, a, lar a large company um, because of ESG rules, um, you are no longer allowed to just be what's called, you know, like a, an armchair ally. You're no it's no longer enough for you to keep your job by, you know, sending an email once a month on Pride Month or joining a Zoom call, like one of those struggle sessions they make people do at work. That's no longer enough. Now you have to actually perform and prove your allyship to keep your, to keep your job. And you know, it's like if you don't do it, you're on the list. I have friends at a huge corporation, and they're the last ones uh, in their whole team who have have not put their pronouns in their email signature. You know these little things. Uh oh, they're marked now. You have to put pronouns in your signature. Yeah, your email signature. Mm hmm. Now, PG, my name, my name, my name is Sean. I grew up in the 70s in an Italian neighborhood. Do you know how many times people expected a girl <laughs> uh -oh. when I showed up? I mean, right, how many times right, I got yeah. punched in the face? Not to mention, I don't really look all that Italian. And, you know, this was something that was funny. But it was, it was something that we handled in our own neighborhood, in our own culture. When did America change? I've traced it down to when Patrick Swayze died in 2009. Nothing has been the same. The economy <laughs> fell apart. It's been chaos. In your research, what do you trace this down to? I mean, it's been slowly building, obviously, since the 60s, since, um, you know, the hi the hippies and the sexual liberation. And really, I trace it back to the pill. 
um, the advent of the birth control pill, which, you know, quote, liberated women. You know, they were going to be happy now. They were free of all the obligations. But if you look around, you know, women without children and working mothers all seem to be pretty uniformly miserable. Like it's you can't have it all. And if you don't have any kids, you are you're also miserable and you have to take antidepressants and you know, get another cat to add to your collection to, you know, to keep yourself from, like, dying of loneliness. Um, I think the birth control pill, which was supposed to underwrite this incredible, like, new new wave of liberated women, actually, you know, did the opposite. Well, I also think there's a mentality breakdown. I'm, I'm reading an article right now on CNS News, and she's a lovely-looking woman, and her name is Megan Fox. Did you hear about this? Both her kids, she forced... I know all about Megan. Oh, yeah. This is insanity to me. Now, can you imagine how this is being tolerated in a culture where a woman comes in and says, my kids are born in the wrong sex. Do whatever it is you do to them and mutilate them for eternity. I mean, the woman should be locked up, and yet she's she's cheered. She's, she's touted. At what point does the failure in this aspect of our lives become undeniable because i say this to you as a chicagoan where there is no limit on failure where the people say i've had enough they'll continue to vote for their slave master so what do you do you think maybe now that we're we're mutilating children i mean it's hard to say that because i know that the vast majority of democrats don't mind killing the kids so mutilating is probably not as bad as aborting but what do you think will change the tide yeah, I mean, you know, the, 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 the problem here is that really the only way out is through, and it might get a little darker before it gets lighter. Um, these, these things that we're doing as a society are going to have t- tremendously negative consequences. They're just kind of working slowly through, and we're seeing this with the rise of the detransitioners, you know, the adults who were mutilated and given double mastectomies and switched genders when they were like 12, 13, 14 years old, before they even knew what any of this meant. And they're coming out now with books. I just, um, a, a friend of mine who's a big reporter, she has a new book coming out next year about detransitioners. And so I think once the truth is out, it'll become like what, what lobotomies, you know, became. Yeah. Like Kennedy did it to his own daughter. Yeah. That's right. No, he did. Yeah. And there was nothing really wrong with her. I think she like dated too many guys or something. That's why they did it. Um, it'll become like a, a bad medical experiment that went wrong. You know, Peachy, I'm I'm I remember when mastectomies were rare and I remember the women in my family and the horror and the sympathy and the rallying around and the idea that people do this voluntarily and the idea that we allow this happen to children. Uh, there's a, a very well-known private school in Chicago where people pay 40000 a year and it was a Project Veritas before they got rid of... Uh, O'Keefe. Oh, pa- and he, Parker? The, yes. For the Parker School? Yeah. And you see mm-hmm. this 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 man, I guess, with his painted nails talk about how he was exposing third graders and fourth graders to mm-hmm. all kinds of ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-hmm. honestly, Peachy, for just a moment, I said, okay, my fellow <laughs> Chicagoans, man, nobody's going to tolerate this. And they rallied to the support. Yeah. So I think what we're seeing yeah. now is an acceptance among half of our culture. And I've come to the conclusion that it's time to secede. I mean, whether you can do it mm-hmm. legally, but you need to do it mentally. I played a clip earlier of Steve Wilk, a California 
uh, politician who said it's time to run from California. You see the outflow mm-hmm. from New York, New Jersey, Chicago, as if O'Leary's cow kicked the lantern over again. California. <laughs> and I now live in Florida myself, and it's a much better world that I try to communicate to my mm-hmm. people. Listen, you don't have to live by these dictators, this Fourth Reich. I mean, if this continues, there will be an absolute secession in the future, especially when you realize elections are being stolen. I mean, do you think we can save it or do you think it's the inevitable civil war? Well, well, hold on. There's there's a there's a problem with the idea, your theory of escaping the the blue states, you know, escaping California, escaping Illinois. I mean, yes, you, you should do those things. Those are good ideas. But you can't really run. We're seeing now, I wrote a big article about this for American Mind, you know, the um, the rise of the sort of like middle American, you know, quote, hick lib, where wokeness has infected every small town. You can't, in Idaho, they're doing this stuff, in, in South Dakota, in Wyoming, um, Nebraska, Iowa, all these red states, formerly red states, are kind of being turned inside out. They're having their own kind of revolution of color. Um, in Tennessee, we saw this after the, the transgender person you know, slaughtered Christian children at a school that became a civil rights rally. They rallied around, you know, the, um, the, 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 the state legislature became a racist racism issue or something. I mean, you really can't outrun this. And so my advice now is really, this is what the book is about. You have to kind of extract yourself, your mind, your family from wherever you are. You know, you can move. Yes. Like that's a great idea, but we don't have time for that. You just have to kind of get them out of them, that mainstream, that like fire hose in the face of all of this junk, you know, and you, you know can what do you're that. Des- you can start that today. You know what you're describing, Peachy, is what the 20th century Soviets, their, their, their thinkers, their writers, that they had to do in secrecy. This is how they lived. They <laughs> taught other people how to mentally secede from the failing mm-hmm. Soviet Union and uh, not turn to vodka. I mean, this is some really serious, sad stuff. But I know that because of writers like you, at least we're being we're talking about it. We're still far better off than Soviets were for for the for the now. Um and I, I, I hate the idea that you're probably right, that this has now crept into middle America. And it's shocking to me mm-hmm. how many of these mm-hmm. people who advocate for this have no problem giving foreign money in the tunes of billions to nations that kill people because of their sexuality. Are you, are, do you find the hypocrisy outrageous, laughable, or something that maybe we can use as a, a weapon of knowledge against the morons who are destroying my America? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, look, that is that is like our great, you know, kind of superpower is that our enemies, even that they are supervillains, but they're not very bright. They're not very clever. Um, they're nefarious. They, have, you know, they're definitely devious, yeah. um, but they're not they're not attractive figures. They don't inspire people to want to be like them. I mean, you look at, you know, someone like um, our Surgeon General, whoever she is, Rachel Levine, yeah, you know, that's the transgender woman. Our muse. Yeah, she, She's our muse. Yeah, yeah. She is not like what I would consider a model of feminine beauty for my daughters oh. to emulate, okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I but have you ever really looked at Lori Lightfoot or Dr. Awardi in Chicago? Next to that, Rachel Levine, she's like Cindy Crawford. So it's <laughs> right. all what your surroundings really are. And now one thing before I go, there was a pushback that there was an outrage at the White House. They hung the, uh, the new uh, flag in between the two American mm-hmm. flags. That's and there right. was a... You know, there was a, a woman pretending to be a man who cut her breasts off, and then there was a man pretending to be a woman who had implants. But when you really think about it, you've got a dementia-ridden asset of enemies, foreign and domestic, who's linked to tens of millions of dollars in bribery, whose son 
is a crack-smoking degenerate whoremonger who knocks up strippers and his sister-in-law. <laughs> Isn't the transgender thing kind of an improvement when the Bidens are in the White House? <laughs> yeah, they really actually clean the they clean the place up. <laughs> take off their yep. clothes. And Class it up a little more, bit. More wholesome. <laughs> in the meantime, I really can't wait to go through the book. She is Peachy Keenan. The new book is Domestic Extremist, A Practical Guide to Winning the Culture War. We need to win it. Although we could all move to southern southwest Florida and keep my property values up. Either way, I'm going to be fine. It's the grandkids I worry about. Thank you so much, Peachy. Thank you, Sean. My pleasure. We'll be back with your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560. The answer. AM560. The answer. That song makes you feel good, huh? Impossible to work out to that song. All right, turn that off. In the meantime, this happened in Barrington. This is uh, a Dan Prof clip this morning from a meeting that took place between a parent and the board. June 3rd, my child's sixth grade English teacher sends out a summer reading material, including gender queer. Okay? Hopefully everybody can see this, yeah? 11, 12 years old. Hopefully you like this, yeah? You guys over there, because you guys make the, the decisions over there. Okay, 11 year old. Disgusting. Alright? Now, from this book, Brother Talking to Sister, So You Never Tasted Yourself? Sister shows brother vagina slime. Then there's words blow job, gay. Shit. This is exactly what I would expect a pedophile to behave when approaching a child. She's a hundred percent wrong. This is abuse. This isn't school. And in Barrington, what's the average taxes? I know what they are in Elmwood Park, and it's outrageous. Barrington, what do you pay? About a Mercedes convertible every year? And these teachers cash in on this? I, I mean, it's just it's just the sick. But it's a Democrat mafia-run area. This is what the Democrats like. They're sick bastards. You got Joe Biden like to shower with Ashley. Don't worry, they recover. My dad, Joe Biden, made Juneteenth officially a federal holiday. And he showered with you. What do they call that? Minor attracted person? Creep. Ah, boy. Mark Oaklawn. Sean, how are you, my friend? Oh, I always get aggravated when I talk about pedophiles. I miss the old days when pedophiles showed up in the trunk at O'Hare. Go ahead. <laughs> great show. Hey, I, I saw a great video uh, by this Taylor Hansen, who was uh, in the, the building with Ashley Babbitt, walking right up to the window. Wait a minute. When you shot. say Ashley Babbitt, you got to give her a correct. She's the only victim of violence, the only person murdered on January 6th, the protest to protest this dimwit and diaper stealing an election. And she was murdered by a Capitol policeman, a longtime Democrat who got an award for it. Go ahead. Sean, and, and if you look at the video, again, Taylor Hansen, and I don't know how long it's been out there, but it shows Ashley Babbitt, the guy that's right up to the window, he wants to break the window, but she's pulling out his backpack telling him not to do it. And then she actually takes a punch at the guy and says, don't do it. You know, I mean, she's trying to be a hero. You know, she's trying to do something good. And, and 
you know, there's no talk about that. And then, and then the guy that got hit with the uh, uh, the fire extinguisher, that was a big lie too. He died of natural causes. And then they had him down in in uh, uh, Pelosi and Schumer were giving speeches about what a martyr he was. And uh, uh, well, Mark, you know, it's a good thing you don't have a show teeth. on Fox. You'd get fired now. Go ahead. Yeah, and you know, and you know, you know what, Sean? They they had no weapons down there at all. They were peaceful people. And uh, well, I think maybe the FBI guys. I think the FBI guys who were dressed like Trump supporters, and uh, when yeah. Ted Cruz asked if they were in the Capitol, he said, uh, "I can't tell you." You know, the American Gestapo, also known as Forever Bothering Italians, the Federal Bureau of Incompetence. They were there. I'd like to know what those answers are, but we're never going to get those. In the meantime. Let's listen to a guy who said the exact same thing. He used to have the most popular show on Fox News. Now, now he has the most popular show in the world. Thank goodness for Twitter. Nobody with Trump's views is allowed to have power in this country. Criticize our wars and you're disqualified. If you keep it up, we'll send you to prison. We can point to the precise moment that permanent Washington decided to send Donald Trump to prison. We should have never been in Iraq. We have destabilized right. the Middle East. They lied. Okay. They said there were weapons of mass destruction. There were none. And they knew there were none. That was the one thing you were not allowed to say. Now we're giving money. Oh, and the Republicans signed the debt ceiling. We're giving hundreds of billions of dollars to a tape uh, that you cannot find on the World Wide Web, but I have it. It's the 12th, 13th time to Kiev and... Uh, and I was going, supposed to announce that there's another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had, they were walking out to the press conference, said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> got fired. And they put in place someone who was solid. Who turned the other cheek. Somebody like Merrick Ferrick Face Garland. Just look the other way. And when is uh, Mike Madigan's trial? Or Ed Burke? Out or busy. Got things to do. Ed in Chicago. He lives with it every day. John. Yes. I'm in Madigan's ward. Oh, be careful. You're not <laughs> tall, are you? Are you tall? Because you're going to stand out. Do you look like a yard gnome? Do you have I Love Democrat Corruption shirt on? All right, go ahead. No, I got uh, Proud Union Home. Oh, there you go. There you go. You'll be all right. You'll be all right then. Go ahead. Hey, you know that uh, these uh, LGB... That's a mental don't, disorder. Don't forget the you TQ. Know you know what's a, what's a, what I'm aggravated about, Ed? I'm related to, and I'm friends with, and I love people who happen to be homosexual. None of them needed the Democrats to do anything. You see, this has been a, this has been a, I, I have hung around with them, yes. And this has been a proclivity that has been around since the dawn of man. But only when oh, government yeah. could misuse it and hide its corruption behind them did it become a platform of the Fourth Reich calling themselves Democrats. You see, there are people of all races, of all sexual preferences, that really never needed the corrupt Democrat mafia to uh, carry their flag, for lack of a better phrase. But you wouldn't know it because in... Babbitt? Yeah. Not... What guy, I want to ask you a question. What man would shoot a woman to begin with? I mean, who, I mean, 
shoot him in the arm, maybe. Okay, the late. Well, I don't know what kind of a man, but I could tell you what kind of that man was. He was a well-known Democrat donor, well-known Democrat supporter, and he was an asset of the Democrat mafia in power. And he got an award for it. But in our world, Ed, those aren't men, but few Democrats really are, except for the women that pretend to be men. They seem to be men. Frank in Arlington Heights. Hey, good evening, Sean. You know, the clip you just played about Biden, it is so utterly breathtaking. Breathtaking. How this country, it is so obvious that he's admitting there to breaking the laws <laughs> and i mean right there it's I mean, why isn't this even questioned maybe he has an explanation for it but you know what why is this in, why is this not even questioned and it, it, does this country want to heal itself or not i mean it, the corruption it's the psychology it's the, the, psych, the psychology the psychology in our society is the problem and, you know, Frank, I'm going to tell you something. I saw this years and years ago. When I was at the Merck, I had the babies. They were little. I needed to earn extra money. And a very good friend of mine who I love to this day, to this day and his father who passed away, the, he started as a bricklayer and he went into buying tax auction properties. And he did it honestly on the up and up, but you had to go to Cook County and you would bid on it. And I got involved with that and I saw it. And then you see the scourge and the scum and the politicians and the related people that all got the property before it was ever auctioned off. And you realize there wasn't a system of of capitalism or honesty. It was in their best interest to make people broke. So they lost their house, then they bought it, then they put their Section 8, and everybody knew it. Everybody knew it. And that's why to this day, two sitting Cook County judges sit on an investment group with a known gangster like Ed Burke. And they make hundreds of millions, brother. Just take a look at Mike Madigan's law firm. Take a look at what the, the partners are worth. And then imagine how much money they, the, he navigated and steered and stole. And everybody liked him in that spot. You heard the guy who called from his district. You know how many guys got jobs from that corruption? When you accept that, it seems like a benign thing. Oh, I got clout. But what you're accepting is where we are today. And I got news for you. We're just in the beginning. It's going to, like Joe Biden said, it's going to get a lot worse, kid. Well, I'll tell you, the corruption has always been there. I remember reading a book on a senator from Wisconsin, Senator Vilas, in the 1890s. And there was a scandal in the 1870s, 80s in Wisconsin about how some of the county treasurers were basically taking the county money and literally putting it in bank accounts and earning interest off it, pocketing the interest themselves. So, I mean, this type of thing has just been around forever. Yeah, but the people didn't accept it. And they used to, you know, that phrase, you know this, I'm sure you tell... You tell your kids about running out of town on a rail. That was started by people running politicians out of town on a railroad tie because they'd catch them with their hand in the till, and the people wouldn't accept it. Now the people cozy up to it. And in there lies the problem. And by the way, that story you just told in Wisconsin, that's exactly what happened to Carl Price. I believe his name is Carl in, in L.A. Same thing. It's the same scams, Frank. The people's tolerance for them is what changed. Thank you very much, brother, for calling. You know, I appreciate it. 312-642-5600. Marxists, socialists, and communists are not welcome on The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Love Prince. George, Naperville. Sean, you know when you go to school and you're a kid, your parents ask you what happened in school today? And you're usually like, What's with no. your phone? Take the tinfoil off the phone, can, babe. Can you hear me now, Sean? No, I can't. Go ahead. 
Okay. When you when you're a kid and you come back from school, your parents ask you sometimes what happened in school today. I'm not I can't hear you. I can't hear you. But I know his point is, they tell the kid, don't tell anybody. Well, that's what all pedophiles do. What do all pedophiles tell kids? Don't tell your parents. Now, it's public school teachers, aside from Frank and a handful of others, like my wife's aunt. It's a disgrace. They're outnumbered and they're afraid. They're like Peachy Keenan. They need a pseudonym because the institution itself of our public schooling has revealed itself, has revealed itself, and at least some people are outraged. I love the fact that this is a mother. I love the fact that it's a mother, and I keep wondering, where are the fathers? To normalize sexual behavior, to abuse them. And this is how I see you. Stop sexualizing our kids. Stop abusing them. And she's cheered. Terry Newsom's doing the same thing. There are good people out there, but why aren't there more? And then you realize, well, Democrats. And by the way, you know, I sit on the stand and it get hot. I got a lot of, I got hairy legs that turn, that, 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 that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. Come on, man. That's not normal. None of that is normal. None of this is normal. Craig Mount Greenwood. Hey, Sean, how you doing? Splendid. Good, good. Hey, uh, thank you for taking my call. Listen, uh, when I see what's going on with our country being destroyed by... Uh, so-called uh, justice system, but it's all busted down and everything. That in these uh, and what's going on with Trump? That's just a, a symptom of just how rotten in our country is being destroyed. And then all these people, like you got that, that are jumping into the ring to go against Trump. They don't even care about the country being destroyed. They're just trying to get their little place in running for office and everything. That and while the thing, the whole country is being destroyed. They're, it's like the Titanic is going down, and they're worried about getting a a, a table to have dinner or something. They're I've so got stupid. good news for you because what people don't realize is what happened at Versailles Restaurant. Versailles Restaurant is a restaurant in Miami. It was founded in 1971 by a Cuban defector. And he understand, he understood, and still does, his family still does, and so do the people that go there, exactly what Americanism is. And yesterday, what the news media didn't want you to see was how they rallied around him, how they prayed around him, how they understand what's at stake. What will save our country isn't the morons that want a job and vote for the Mike Madigan short-in-the-pants mafia. What will save us are the immigrants. I'm telling you right now. I think it's going crazy. Okay, I think it's a rigged deal here. We have a rigged country. We have a country that's corrupt. We have a country that's got no borders. We have a country that's got nothing but problems. We're a nation in decline. And then they do this stuff. And you see where the people are. We love the people. And you see where they are. You see the crowds and everything else. We have a country that is in decline like never before. And, and right after this, they huddle around him and they pray. Because they understand what's at stake. But the American, entitled, ignorant, welfare roach votes Democrat. Don't worry. There are still places where we're going to win. I'll be back after this. From the streets of Melrose Park to the trading floor of the Merck. 
He's fought for every dollar he's ever earned. And now, with personal liberty and our system of capitalism under assault in America, he's here to seize back our rights from the government. With a cigar in one hand and a copy of the Declaration of Independence in the other, he's Sean Thompson. And this is The Sean Thompson Show. This looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me, because we need a little controversy. Every time I hear man hands, Janet Yellen, I watch the dimwit, the American oligarch, the overlord of the velocity of money, Jerome Powell. I think of one guy and one guy only, Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group. What are you doing, you handsome devil? How you doing? I'm actually on my way to pick up my wife from O'Hare Airport, so it's Someone cuts me off and I say a bad word. I apologize. Oh, let me yell. I love yelling at those stupid (laughs) son of a gun. If you see a Prius with a Biden sticker, just stay 40 feet away from that son of a gun. He's bound to drive by sound. In the meantime, speaking of stupidity, average, real average weekly earnings, 26 Mm -hmm. straight months, 26 straight months down. Nowhere is it other than CNS News and a couple of financial outlets. And I have to listen to morons. Tell me PPI is good? <laughs> well, you know, these numbers that have been coming out, you get buried in them. You know, they always say there's liars, damn liars, and statisticians. So you always got to be careful. Um, you know, things have looked relatively good, whether it's from the jobs report. The P, you know, of course, yesterday CPI came out. Consumer price index, it was 4%, so they were happy. And then, of course, the Fed pauses. So all of these things, I think, you know, maybe it's the theme of your show with all these, the world's upside down, maybe the stock market's upside down, kind of crazy things happening. But it is going up, and momentum, you know, right now, momentum is on the upside, and uh, we're seeing a lot of these stocks rally in the overall market rally. But that's fodder for, for financial shows. In, in reality, layoffs are through the roofs. Uh, yeah. Future layoffs are through the roof. When you talk about lending, it's preposterous. I mean, it's not just homes that are delinquent yeah. in mortgages. It's rents. It's commercial lending is in the garbage. You talk to anybody in the money yeah. business, whether it's David Hochberg or anybody, you see the applications for, for, for opening of actual businesses is really down. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're going through the controlled demolition of a private economy. And we're, we're also yeah. simultaneously living through a subsidized government economy. Is that the explanation for, what is it, five stocks that are really carrying the Dow? That's true. Most of this, this is not a broad uh, rally. Um, you look at small cap and mid cap, they haven't done that well. And again, most of them are these large caps. The S&P is cap weighted. NASDAQ is 50% technology. So, yeah, those are, you're right, Sean, those are kind of carrying the load. So, you know, again, there's, I think there's a lag here. Uh, retail sales are coming out next week. Those really haven't been good. We know that consumer debt is approaching a trillion dollars. I'm sorry, yeah, a trillion dollars in credit yeah. card debt. Yeah. Overall, that 17 trillion point, 17.1, I think, that's the highest it's ever been in the history of the United States. And then you've got all these other issues. So I do think there's a lot of headwinds, I agree. And then you get into real estate. What about commercial real estate? So uh, we'll see. <laughs> it's it's going to work until it doesn't. You know, Tom, it's it's the highest in the history of money when you talk about consumer mm-hmm. debt. And now you add in these 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 kids who were swindled, who had their, their student loans frozen and they were the love of the government. Well, now the party's over and they're going to have to start paying. 
You know right. as well as I do, these are ramifications, right? It's the, it's the pebble that becomes the tsunami. Mm-hmm. When you talk about retirement, you, what do you do? How do you position yourself? And is there chatter? Because we got to start thinking like the, the, the CIA now. we got to listen to the chatter of the fascists who all avoid taxes like Obama. He just, he's using the carried interest loophole, which I love. But now, you, is there chatter that they're going to start to figure out how to tax retirement? Because that's, they have to continue to expand taxes. And they're, they're relentless in their, in their quest to destroy the American prosperity. Is there chatter in that arena? Well, I mean, they tried to do it right out of the gates. If you remember that Build Back Better, they were going to increase the, cap, the capital gains to 40%. They were going to increase the marginal tax bracket. They were going to try to, you know, phase out a lot of Roth options. That didn't pass, thank God. So, yeah, I mean, it, they wake up every day figuring out how to increase taxes on the individual and take more of your money. And so when you look at things like Social Security, um, which I think they're going to increase some of those taxes if they can, and hopefully right now Republicans will stop it, um, but up to 85% of your Social Security is taxable, I think they're going to try to get 100% of that. Um, you look at some of these other things like, um, you know, right now, I think it's, it's, which is incredible. If you look at your W-2 or your pay right now, they take out social security or payroll taxes, um, up to about 160, anything above that, they stop, but they want to make that unlimited. Um, it's just kind of sick, you know, so if you make 200,000 or 300,000, they're going to take it out of that, you know, 1.2 trillion. They collected a payroll tax last year, but that's just not enough. You know, the Social Security Trust Fund, they need more money. You know, Tom, I I say it often, and I, I, you know, I don't think I say it correctly because I don't think people are picking up on it. You're witnessing the backdoor nationalization of your income. You're witnessing this. You know, I had somebody, uh, we were talking about property taxes. And when you buy a house down here versus a house in Elmwood Park or a house down here versus a house in Hinsdale, and you see the, the, the lack of cost of corruption. But what happens is people get used to the cost of corruption. And the mm-hmm. goal is going to always be to spread that. Yet you're seeing more and more businesses shutter. you got 5 million vacant, 6 million vacant square feet in what used to be the financial district. So mm-hmm. the snake, the snake yep. is eating its tail. Yet you see these buffoons go out there and pretend they balance a budget and give themselves raises and Pritzker cheers and the Democrats rally. Yeah. How long could you keep it up? <laughs> I mean, really, well, don't we know, need they, another pandemic, right? That They hit a lot of financial scandal in that. Don't we need another one if you're going to p- continue well, the scheme? <laughs> well, you know what they say. You know how you go bankrupt fairly slowly and then all at once. And so yeah, you I just remember. don't know when that day is going to hit. It's, uh, it's, it's just crazy. They're, they're creating debt to pay for debt. And uh, that's where we're at. You know, the CBO, uh, I saw him on today, personal budget office manager said, we're approaching just the debt to service the national debt uh, is up to almost $700 billion. And over the next 10 years, they're, they're, you know, they're talking about being well over a trillion, maybe $2 trillion. That's just to pay for debt. That's not any program. And so, yeah, eventually, you're right. You're eating your, you know, it's just... It's just uh, it's that was just, the biggest uh, reason I was against the debt ceiling increase. Yeah. I don't think that people understood what they did. You know, and really, yeah. what, you, what you did is guarantee bankruptcy. And you're going to start to see the cracks. What's the best way for the individual to position himself to sustain what's coming? And to me, I think it's to be able to not earn money. Because if you earn money, you're going to be, you're going to be under the Marxist. You're going to be paying 70, 80% of your, ta- your, your, your 
earnings in taxes. Yeah. So what's the best way to position, and how do you tell people who are middle age? how do you tell people who are younger, what is the best strategy right now? Well, I think as much as possible, control what you can. I mean, that's, it's tough, and I appreciate how frustrating it is, but try to get as much into tax-free, at least for now. You know, you have Roth IRAs, Roth 401Ks. If you have a 401K at work, especially if you're younger, you can put up to 22500 uh, If you're under 50, you can put up to 30000 If you're over 50, you can put every penny in a Roth, which means the tax rate on that is zero the rest of your life. You can do Roth IRAs, health savings accounts. And all of that money down the road, regardless of what tax rates are, is, again, it's, it's zero. And so just try to do, I call this forward tax planning. Do what you can. Be more conscious of tax planning. If you're going to make, I talked to a guy not so long ago. He said, I bought Tesla stock many years ago. I put 10000 into it. It's worth over 100000 today, but it's in my IRA. I said, imagine if you would have done that in your Roth. Every penny Man. tax free. See, people don't understand this. It does you no good to make that kind of home run, and the G's going to get at least, what, 35, 40 grand? They're your partners. Yeah. Yeah. But they're only they're your partners, partners when you make money. <laughs> they're never your partners when you lose money. Right. Yeah. They don't take the risk. Well, have you explored any way that I could hide some uh, bribery money in the Bank of Cyprus? I'd like one of those real inside deals that uh, Joe Biden and his son and the rest of the Democrat Party and some of the oligarchs who are stealing our money in Ukraine get. Have you ever explored the investment values of the Bank of Cyprus? <laughs> That's kind of out of, out of my purview. Good thing you answered that. You almost got investigated. <laughs> um, I'm wondering, um, when people ha- have experienced the kind of inflation we're going through and we pretend there's no inflation, what does that do to contributions? Are people starting to pull back their alternative contributions where they're only going to contribute with their what they have to? Are, is, are you seeing any lack of velocity of money in retirement funds? Well, I would say maybe not so much on my end with my clients, but I've seen that the, the numbers have come out to your point, Sean. They've shown that not only are people reducing their contributions, they're removing money from the 401ks. They've been having these withdrawals and these loans that they're taking. So now they're starting to take from these retirement accounts. Um, you know, it just this is just not good. It's, uh, we see what's happening uh, I mean, we were just talking about the debt. And so on top of that, you know, uh, people have to do this to live. And it's, it's unfortunate. It's truly unfortunate. The nice thing is these, these, these trends can turn around with policies. We're only 26 months into this Dimwitz tenure. Um, we're going to spend the next 511 days running. Do you recommend people put more into their retirement, or do you recommend people stay flat and, 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 and use the cash to offset the cost of having a Democrat in charge of things? What do you recommend to, well, like, an average guy? Well, I would say, you know, still contribute. Keep in mind, if you put money into an IRA or a Roth, certainly, again, I'm a fan of the Roth tax-free, but you, you can still put it in a, in, a, in a CD or a money market. You know, the money markets are, markets are paying just under 5%. So you can, you can sit there and wait till Trump comes, because I think if that actually happens, you know, again, I think we've mentioned this before. I think it's going to be Reagan-esque. You know, we yes. have 7% under Reagan one year. And so I really think if you can you can stay, you know, stay alive, keep your head above water, and this comes in, it could be off to the races if, if, if someone like that gets in. You know, I, listen, you know how much I, I, I love Alpha Wealth Group, and you know how much I respect your opinion. But I think people have been, have been numb to understand 
what the interest rate cost is on credit cards. Should people explore different ways to alleviate credit card debt? Because it really doesn't matter if you're investing $100 into something that yeah. returns 5%, but your cost of $100 on your credit card is 24%. You're looking at the wrong portal, right? I agree. I agree. I mean, there's things that you can do. Obviously, the, I, the best thing you can do is try to pay it down as quick as possible. Do what you can do. Focus on that. Get it down. You can even contact the credit card company, see if there's something you can work out with them. You can make a phone call. It may not, you know, they may not work with you, but sometimes they do. You may be surprised. And so, um, you know, those are things that you can do. I'm always a little nervous. I don't like, you know, the tapping into the home equities and doing that. But um, I think it's more of a focusing on those debts and getting those paid down as much as possible. If you can move it to another position, that's, that's about it. I mean, because so many people go through life and they don't realize you're, you, I've done this at times in my life, you focus on the wrong thing and you're actually digging the hole even bigger. And what you have to prepare for is how you're going to sustain the future if it gets worse, right? You hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Is that the official motto of Alpha Wealth Group? Well, yeah, the official motto is you really want to have a plan. You want to know where you're at. You want to be organized. And that's really what it's about. Um, I think all too often we get busy with our lives and it's not to be, you know, it's not to be uh, insensitive. Then I get it. You know, your family, you have your job, you're trying to survive in this crazy world. Yeah. <laughs> it's like we're constantly under attack. But I would just say just take the time, really sit down and get organized, know where everything's at, and then really, really uh, be, try to be proactive. You know, it's interesting. There's always something, you know, my favorite thing about investing, the one thing we know is that we don't know. There's been this big push against AI. I think we should stop pushing against it and selectively explore the benefits to eliminating some of the legacy costs of corruption, like the ports in California that refuse to have artificial intelligence eliminate the uh, gangster mafia. In fact, if AI hits some of the problems in our economy, it can be an ama amazing turnaround in a short period of time, can it not? I agree. I mean, any, you look when you look at productivity, and unfortunately, first time in American history, our productivity, I think, is down the last four quarters. I mean, it's, it's just unfortunate. Uh, but productivity, you know, when you look at that from an economic standpoint, productivity, the result of productivity is higher growth, growth rate in the economy. These are things that are good things because, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. The productivity is going to be a result of AI. I think that that is a true statement. Think about how much better off we'd be if we could automate Congress and get these whores out of there. Because <laughs> a, machine, a machine doesn't want a bag full of money. In the meantime, when I have money questions, I go to one guy and one guy only. He's Tom Fortino of Alpha Wealth Group, the principal and founder. And you can hear him right here Saturdays at 9 a.m. Uh, I'm really looking forward. Are you going to come to the golf outing? I don't know. Like, I need to find out about it. I guess that's the first I've heard. What are you, nuts? you got to come to the golf outing. I'm expecting you to bring me a sleeve of balls, for God's sakes. In the meantime, alphawealthgroup.com. I better see you on the 22nd. Thank you so much, Tom, for making time for me. Thanks a lot, John. Did you get her in the car? Is she, are you safe? I'm safe. I'm here. You avoided the Priuses? Stay away from the Prius and the Biden <laughs> stickers. Don't get behind one of those dummies. Thank you, Tom. All right. Take care. We'll take your calls and comments. This is the Sean Thompson Show, where Democrats are always wrong, Republicans are seldom right, and politicians are never, ever to be trusted. On AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. 
Do you remember, Squirrel, not how I only vehemently argued against the debt ceiling increase, but I had said at the time, if you were to shut down the government, you could go through the specificity and the waste, fraud, and abuse of how the government spends our money. You remember that, Squirrel? I think you do. Now, uh, when we were told that the Republicans were going to fight and they were going to tweak all kinds of programs, and there's a big scandal on every news station, the changes to SNAP benefits, you know, SNAP for the food and whatnot, and you had to work and all the rest of it. None of that matters. Here's the only thing you need to know about the welfare program here in America. The only thing you need to know. Thanks to the Cato Institute, where anybody can find it. SNAP spending. In 2019, before the release of the pandemic and the election theft of the presidency, we spent $63 billion on SNAP benefits in this country. $63 billion in 2019. Squirrel, do you know what we spend in uh, 2023? $127 billion. Now, even if you went to CPS and you were taught by a Marxist moron, 320 pounds of cream puff feet in Marxism, you know that that's double. It's actually more than double. More than double from the year this dimwit stole the, the office than now. And now they're complaining on the new, oh, there's work, requ- work requirements. They're offsetting the cost of corruption. And they're doing it in rent. And they're doing it in corporate welfare as well. The cost of corruption has been hidden from La Cosa Nostra, the mafia. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Ta-da! And everybody who's in on the scam is raking it in. But take a take solace in that. Because he didn't win anything legitimately. The American people are just too stupid to know the cost of corruption. Like in Chicago. You think it's normal to have to talk to one of these slip and fall short in the pants lawyers to get your property taxes lower. And you could care less that it goes on the corporations that all fled the city. And that's why you're devolving into a third world hellhole. But there's good news coming. There's, there's truly good news. It's right around the corner. And I think because of the president's action, he's been very clear. He's been very clear how important it is, even just looking at the, his economic policy, how important it is to leave no one behind, have equity at the center of everything that he's done. If you look- yeah, you're equally as broke. The only difference is you're still paying for your food with your money. Cream puff, Jim. No matter if he pretends yeah. he makes money or not, it's still tax money. What's up? I think I think Jack Smith won the stare-down contest with Trump. According to the reporters in the uh, courtroom, they said that Smith you mean, didn't take his eyes. Smith didn't take his eyes off Trump for one second while Trump went through all the maturations of how many times he pleaded that. Sure, case. but Trump Trump never looked him in the eye. Never looked up there. Well, first of all, he's looked. an ugly man. Did you see him with the pockmarked face? Ugly. Oh, Smith? Dog. Smitty? Yeah. Ugly. Smitty? Ugly. Oh, ugly. come on. He's Irish. He's Irish. He's, yeah, he's Irish. Better looking, he's crazy. better looking than his wife, who was the producer on the Michelle Obama documentary. But he's grotesque. But, you know, I've noticed something, Jim. It's not just the food or the housing or the cars. It's really the, 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 the quality of appeal, of appearance, that the Democrats lack. And you're even worse at that than we are. Thank you very much for telling me your love and affection for Jack Smith the pock-faced him with that he is. Rich in Indian Head Park. Hey, Sean. How are you tonight? 
Wonderful. John, uh, Biden made a statement the other day uh, that the American people should now be convinced that this guy's lost his mind. He invited these uh, (laughs) self-serving people to the White House. The guy with the implants? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what, though. That guy with the implants was a lot hotter than Lori Lightfoot was. What do you think? Yeah. But he, yeah. But he, uh, he invited this uh, transgender had these implants, uh-huh. and then he made the statement that this person was the bravest person he ever met. Ever. On yeah. ever, ever. Yeah. Well, he's been around, you, you know, know, such war heroes I mean, as it, Blumenthal who how lied you about make a statement like that. Well, think about it. If you hung around with Blumenthal and John Kerry, a transvestite might be the bravest person you ever met too. Take a look at the pool of people. He's a Democrat. They're not big on the bravery right. or the success or the character or the integrity. They're Democrats. 312-642-5600. He's Sean Thompson. Hello, Mr. Thompson. And this is the Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. Love Rick James. You want to talk about party? Forget about Victor Bout. You go to a Rick James party, he's dead now. Before I, I tell you this statistic, I want to tell you one of the last Christmases I spent there where I, where I was a resident. And it was a Christmas day, and my wife needed something last minute, so I went to Caputo's. Or no, I'm sorry, it was Christmas Eve. Which in Italian neighborhoods, Christmas Eve, forget about Christmas Day. It's all about Christmas Eve with the food and the chaos. It's wonderful. My mother-in-law, the best food you've ever had in your life. So my wife says, guy, you got to run the Caputo. So I ran the Caputo. And two people in front of me was this woman, white Italian woman, Louis Vuitton bag. She had the camel hair, full-length coat on, the leather boots like she was a Gestapo in the 1930s. And as she's paying, I see her reach for a card, and she gives a card, and she gives another card. I said to myself, boy, I never saw a card like that. It was blue and yellow, whatever the case is. So my turn got up there, and uh, I said, why did the, did the lady get to She goes, please, it's disgusting. They pay with the snap card. The snap card. So I said, what else? It, well, you know, maybe you think in the back of your mind, ah, maybe down on their luck, whatever. Of course, she had a, who knows how much the Louis Vuitton bag is. Her coat was about three grand. And I was disgusted. So I walk outside, and she's getting into a GMC Denali. And I said, that's enough. I said, you should be ashamed of yourself, you filthy animal. Got $6,000 in clothes on. You're getting in a $50,000 truck, and you're like, I'm entitled. And I, I went home. I said, this is the problem, is the character or the lack of it among people in Chicago, in all these Democrat areas, but it's all people all around. Because we spend $127 billion in food stamps. Do you know what Saudi Arabia spends on its defense budget? Now, I know we're fighting at least... Two wars for those inbred bastards. They spend $75 billion. We spend $50 billion more on food. So you want to know why people are complacent? They're not paying for it. The cost of this idiot with dementia pretending to be the president. He's cutting them all in, like all the gangster neighborhoods. Cut me in or cut it out. So when I said flippantly during a segment, it'll be new citizens. And immigrants that fled hellholes that saved this country. Honey Bunny told me about a voicemail we got today from exactly who I'm talking about. A man who fled this kind of culture of corruption in Syria. 
He's a better American than that dimwit in her Denali with her Louis Vuitton purse, her $3,000 coat, and her food stamps. Hello, my name is... Uh, I have a message for the American people. Uh, I'm a Syrian immigrant. I've uh, been here for 32 years. This is my home now. And I just wanted to let the American people somehow about where they're driving this country to, where the Democrats are driving this country to, because they don't understand losing their freedom, losing their voice. And I just feel sad for that. It's just sad. I was just listening to your radio. I've been listening for a little bit. And there's a gentleman named Dennis that he said it well, just like a few minutes ago. It's so sad because they're full of Americans. And they don't understand. They're so naive that they don't understand where the Democrats are driving this country towards. Um, they're so naive because they have not experienced uh, losing their freedom or being oppressed or being controlled by the government. And it's so sad to me today because I always love to vote. And when I voted, I was believed, even though, you know, there's some mistakes that this country make, they don't like some of the decisions that they made, but I still had hope. But today, I lose hope because the corruption, I believe, is so deep. People are so naive and ignorant. As an immigrant of Syria, that seeing this unfold and happening in this country that I love so much since day one I stepped in this country, every day I wake up, I'm thankful that I'm in America. I'm thankful that I'm in America. But today I'm very disappointed. I don't know if I hope, I have hope anymore. It's like being in Syria where your voice will never be heard. And no matter what you do, you're not going to get anywhere. That's how it feels right now. Well, I'm going to tell you something, brother. And you are my brother. And you are a patriot. And we're going to win because these rat bastards expose themselves in the fact. And the fact that this country, in a bipartisan fashion, pays $127 billion so that we can pretend we're helping people when the greatest problem poor people have in this country is obesity. Just means we need to get smarter and we need to get to high ground. So you feel that way, brother, because you're in a hellhole of Democrat corruption where you got used to it. Get out of it, because I'll tell you what, the poor people in Florida that I see, they would never, never go on the nipple of a corrupt government. And that's the blessing. That we are the ones that will bring back this country. Not the idiots that tell you this is normal. It's not normal. <sighs> Debbie, Portage, Indiana. Yes, I have a question and a comment. Uh, when you were working, uh, at, where was it, at the Board of Trade? The Merck. I worked, at, I worked in the Mid-Am and then the Board. I mean, and then the Merck, excuse me. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, how, lo- how long... Uh... 1987 to 2005. Never missed a day except the day I got, I even worked on the day I got married. I got married on a Friday. I worked on, I missed when my daughter, my daughter was born. The other one was on a weekend, but go ahead. Okay. Um, I realize uh, I had watched a uh, documentary regarding the housing crisis, you know, how uh, everybody tied in the money with the schools and colleges. And I mean, it it was called Money power and wall street well i noticed a, a, a simple pattern when these people went down on their resumes uh they were only employed 
anywhere in the in the financial industry from two to five years. Now, you know, look at what it takes uh, to earn a degree in finance. You know, Debbie, you want to know my best days is when some guy came there with his degree, with his big financial degree and his new jacket on. I used to call the girl I was dating and say, pick out something nice. Those degrees, you could wipe your derriere with them. They mean guts on ghoul. These are the degrees that pretend this Keynesianism is normal as we destroyed the greatest and richest country in the world by pretending it's normal to have socialism and call it something else, like food stamps. Kira, Indiana. Sean, now you got me on a different topic here. Um, my mom raised us in the 70s, single mom, never got on food stamps. She had two jobs, one at the Board of Education and one at Walgreens. And now what I see for the last 20 years working for the Census Bureau is 20 years ago, people were embarrassed to say they're on food stamps or getting linked. But now it's like, yeah, yeah, I haven't gotten my benefits yet. Oh, you know what? I really got to get this and this. It's like they're excited. Here's another thing, Kira. Raised by people who grew up in the Depression. My grandmother, my, my, my mother, my father never gave child support. We She worked as a hairdresser. Did you ever hear any of them use the word anxiety? Oh, I've got anxiety. I'm so depressed. Nobody was depressed. You did what you had to do and you shut your mouth, let alone all these idiots, these entitled morons. Nancy, Joliet. Hi, Sean. It's me. I still love you. I love you, too. I was was wondering if you heard, um, I heard this morning, and I don't believe all the stuff I hear on there. Um, I think it was Glenn Beck. They're talking about in Ireland that people now who say have three, four bedroom homes because they raised a large family, you know, Ireland. And um, now if their kids are all gone and they're left with their home and no kids, they are telling them we're going to move you out of your home. We're going to put you in a one bedroom and we're giving this one to somebody with a bunch of kids. Oh, that's how socialism. About- I didn't hear it, but it wouldn't shock me. That's what socialism looks like. I wonder what they're going to do with Mike Madigan's castle with his real low countertops. 312 642 He believes in freedom, capitalism, and individual liberty. And because of that, he's become an enemy of the state. He's Sean Thompson, and this is The Sean Thompson Show on AM560, The Answer. AM560, The Answer. $127 billion in food stamps. Brandon Johnson wants to give more money. We got how many people already getting money for nothing? Probably the same ones that are just... You can't give enough money. You see the Leviathan, the thirst, the need... To destroy the economy is insatiable. You can't cure it. Kevin in Las Vegas, Nevada. Sean, great to be back here, man. Uh, I want to let you know you, you saved me on the drive. I listened to you for about 10 straight hours, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. I didn't know anybody could do 10 hours. I love it, though. Thank you very much. That's oh, yeah. it. My, my yeah. downloads were through the roof this weekend. I want to say thank you very much. And now you're back in Las Vegas. I go to Green Valley Ranch. Yeah, go have a good time. We got uh, back in Las Vegas just in time to see the uh, Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup, too, baby. Woo! Beautiful. Look at you. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're safe. Obviously, you didn't go into Chicago much, and you don't drive a Hyundai. Nope. Nope. Thank you. We're, we're back all safe. Everything's good. And uh, thanks again for the great content, buddy. Keep it up, Thank man. Thank you, Kevin in Vegas. I appreciate it. Chuck and Dullivan. Hey, first-time caller, long-time listener. 
Yeah, hey, uh, thanks for mentioning my garage band when I was in high school, a real low countertop. I want to make a public <laughs> public service announcement about snapper turtles. It's the mating season right now, and if you do actually hit one on the road and pick them up, they taste like pork, chicken, beef, shrimp, veal, fish, hmm. or gold. And so, I could be wrong, so. but I think uh, uh, Chuck and Dullivan, snapper turtle was uh, Kamala Harris's high school nickname. Thank you very much. All right, I need a little Johnny Cash, and I know you do. Squirrel? Give me a little Johnny Cash. I can make me proud. And it's Flag Day. And it's Trump's birthday. Give me a little Johnny Cash. I walked through a county courthouse square On a park bench an old man was sitting there I said, your old courthouse is kind of run down He said, no, it'll do for our little town I said, your old flagpole is leaned a little bit And that's a ragged old flag you got hanging on it he said, have a seat. And I sat down. Is this the first time you've been to our little town? I said, I think it is. He said, I don't like to brag, but we're kind of proud of that ragged old flag. You see, we got a little hole in that flag there when Washington took it across the Delaware. And it got powder burned the night that Francis Scott Key said watching it right and say can you see and it got a bad rip in new orleans with packingham and jackson tugging at its seams and it almost fell at the alamo beside the texas flag but she waved on though she got cut with a sword at chancellorsville and she got cut again at shiloh hill there was Robert E. Lee, Beauregard, and Bragg, and the south wind blew hard on that ragged old flag. On Flanders Field in World War I, she got a big hole from a Bertha gun. She turned blood red in World War II. She hung limp and low a time or two. She was in Korea, Vietnam, she went where she was sent by her Uncle Sam. She waved from our ships upon the briny foam, and now they've about quit waving back here at home. In her own good land here, she's been abused. She's been burned, dishonored, denied, and refused. And the government for which she stands is scandalized throughout the land. And she's getting threadbare and she's wearing thin, but she's in good shape for the shape she's in. Cause she's been through the fire before, and I believe she can take a whole lot more. So we raise her up every morning, we take her down every night, we don't let her touch the ground and we fold her upright. On second thought, I do like to brag. Cause I'm mighty proud of that ragged old flag. Do not ever despair. We've been in dark times before. We're not going to lose anything to these misfits and malcontents and Marxist mafia frauds. We'll be back in 21 hours to kick their teeth down their throat again. Don't just have a great night. Have an American night. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.